From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. As further details emerge about the federal response to the flood crisis in northern New South Wales, it's become clear that the government did not send troops when it could have. Since then, the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, has gone silent on a recovery package already finalised by the New South Wales state government. Today, senior reporter for the Saturday paper, Rick Morton, on Scott Morrison's blame shifting and the consequent fallout. It's Wednesday, March 23. Rick, the last time that we spoke, you were telling me about these people who were involved in these pretty incredible rescues during the flooding in New South Wales. And the question that everyone seemed to have at that moment in time was, where was the help? Why was it that they had to rescue themselves, essentially? So what have you learned about the answer to that question now? Yeah, that's completely right. People were losing their homes. Um, Neighbours were rescuing neighbours. Small businesses were going completely under the destruction of destroyed property, destroyed livelihood is reaching metres... And people were dying. Seven lives have been lost right across this state in the last week. And the Prime Minister was nowhere in sight. There was no, there was bloody no government support. It was bullshit. Nor was the Australian Defence Force, certainly not in large numbers. Yeah, it was just not quick enough. It was not quick enough. It was just a few kiddies out... There's probably a couple of SES. I saw an SES in a floaty, like, and that's it. And the federal government had said that the reason the Defence Force wasn't there is because they couldn't legally go in without being requested. Now, that technically isn't true at all. There has to be a request, but the Defence Force was requested. Um, It was requested multiple times. Secondly, even if they weren't requested, they have a reservist force in Lismore where the ADF is actually a member or has representatives on crisis response teams like they do in Queensland. And more importantly, uh, that entire argument is moot anyway because we know from vision, footage, people on the ground that the Defence Force were there. They were trying to do their bit with what few resources they had available, but something higher up the leadership chain meant that they were not marshalled in any large numbers whatsoever and certainly not nearly numbers nearly large enough for the scale of that disaster. So the issue really is that they didn't go fast enough and there weren't enough of them. That is what is key here. And that's what the Prime Minister was responsible for, has failed at and has been trying to obscure. Right, OK. And so there's a few things that I want to ask you about then, Rick. But firstly, this idea that the Defence Force actually were requested to come and help during this disaster. So when did that happen? When did the New South Wales government first ask for, for the ADF's help? Yeah, so the New South Wales government made an official request for help from the Defence Force in the area on Sunday, February 27. Now, that is the day before Lismore's flood emergencies. Now, three Defence Force helicopters were in the air when they were able to fly. They were performing rescues of residents from their roofs and from the churning floodwater, and there were images released of that happening. But three measly helicopters was simply not enough for the scale of the unfolding disaster. As the crisis progressed on March 4, so this is about five days after the flood emergency, the federal government offered New South Wales fewer than 300 defence personnel. But the same day, the state premier, Dominic Perrottet, read press reports that the federal government was publicly saying as many as 2,000 personnel were, quote-unquote, 
pre-positioned and ready to be deployed when state governments request assistance. The next day, following that discovery by Perite, the number of defence personnel supposedly available for the response had more than doubled to 5,000. And now again, authorities could not explain where these trips were. Prime Minister Scott Morrison joins us live on the line. PM, good morning to you. Good morning, Ben. It's 2022. The Prime Minister and the Emergency Management Minister, uh, Bridget McKenzie, were being quizzed about this. Can you just confirm for me, because Bridget McKenzie, the Emergency Services Minister, said there are 5,000 Army personnel on standby. I'm told only 455 are on the ground in northern New South Wales. So where are the rest? And they were just fudging their responses. Oh, well, the figures are higher than that, Ben. In terms of those on the ground, they increase every day. Um, there are 2,000 that are, have been on, on, on standby on the ground. But, but when, when, when we say on standby, are they, are they actively working to help people at the moment? Because I'm told... Yes, yeah, they're available for tasking. What, what we've done... And more importantly, locals were completely dumbfounded because they were looking for the truth um, and they couldn't be seen on the ground helping. In fact, what they did see was a couple of photo shoots happening with some professional lighting. Got a good job, guys. That trailer ain't going to empty itself, is it? Make sure you get it filmed. This is incredible. Unbelievable. And, you know, army officers who really wanted to get in there and help, it's not their fault, you know, posing for photographs at the request of their own leadership in uniforms that were completely devoid of any mud. Mm. Right, and putting all the pieces of this together, I suppose... The, the numbers of, of troops that were available as well as this kind of back and forth over whether or not they'd been requested. It sounds like they were requested. I mean, when you put all of this together, it doesn't feel like a very urgent or coordinated or effective response to what was a real crisis, Rick. Yeah, no, it feels like a vacuum. And so from the very beginning, what we've seen is this whole issue being politicised. And it's not just the initial response or the way responsibility has been kind of spun between the various parties in the press. It's even to the point of which seats federal electorates were given disaster relief payments. Already through the course of this terrible flood event, right across New South Wales and Queensland, the Commonwealth Government, together with the Queensland and state governments, have committed a billion dollars. When Scott Morrison finally got out of isolation because he did have COVID-19, He's in Lismore. We will be extending those Commonwealth disaster payments um, for a further two payments. He announces this relief disaster payments, but they're almost all exclusively in the federal electorate of PAGE, which is held by the Nationals MP, Kevin Hogan. So that's $50 million directly going to the pockets of those most affected in just three council areas. And other similarly hard-hit areas, those were in the council areas of Ballina, Byron and Tweed. And that's in the federal electorate of a Labor MP, and they got nothing in that initial announcement. So all of this has caused a huge, huge amount of anger and resentment, and it's from the Coalition's own team. And one Liberal MLC, uh, a state New South Wales MLC, has said that she's going to resign from Parliament as a result, and she's calling on others in the area to follow her lead. We'll be back in a moment. The Every Moment Matters campaign provides accurate, evidence-based information and advice about alcohol, pregnancy and breastfeeding. It has been created by the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education and endorsed and funded by the Australian Government. 
Alcohol use during pregnancy can lead to fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, or FASD, a lifelong disability. So make the moment you start trying the moment to stop drinking. Visit everymomentmatters.org.au to find out more. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, the Saturday paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism and you'll receive the Saturday paper's stainless steel coffee cup made in collaboration with Fresco for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Rick, there's one Liberal politician who said that they're going to actually resign over the federal government's response to the New South Wales flooding crisis. So can you tell me more about who they are and, and what they've said? Yeah, so last Wednesday, New South Wales Liberal MLC Catherine Cusack announced that she intended to resign from Parliament. Yes, this is completely in relation to the Prime Minister's visit to Lismore last week. Her resignation was in response to what she said was unethical disaster funding arrangements. So Cusack was angry that Morrison had turned his back on other electorates and said she could no longer be a member of the party. The idea that being a flood victim in a national party seat makes you more worthy is probably the most unethical approach I have ever seen in my life. And I just can't take in that they've done this. As I say, I cannot defend it. I'm outraged by it. Now, the following morning, the New South Wales Nationals MP Jeff Provost told ABC Radio on the Gold Coast that he is, quote-unquote, disgusted with the Prime Minister. I just think the federal government has really messed this up. And he went on to say there is a real venom out there directed at the Prime, Prime Minister, Minister. That he doesn't understand what's occurred on the on the ground and this is like a remake of the bushfires some two years ago. So. And Provost wasn't done yet. He said he doesn't accept the excuses offered so far. And I don't accept that at all. I mean, the Prime Minister and the federal government's put in place to look after all Australians, not just a select few. And that's actually quite borne out by the subsequent response because the Prime Minister and Bridget McKenzie finally came out and said, oh, actually... There's been some more assessments of the flooding and the flood areas, and it turns out that those LGAs that were previously excluded are now included. So, of course, they extended it. Why, when we knew the extent, something broke down here and the, you know, the time between those first rounds of disaster payments and when the rest of the Northern Rivers communities were finally included just screams to me that this was a political point scoring exercise that backfired because of the sense of community anger. Okay, so the Morrison government ended up giving extra payments to these other LGAs, but these payments, Rick, they're really only a short-term solution, and we know that this is going to be a long-term problem. I mean, these people, they have to build their entire lives and their homes and their businesses back again. It's no small thing. So what is underway to help them to that end? Yeah, so about, you know, 14 days or 12 days after the flood crisis, the New South Wales Premier, Dominic Perrottet, secured a, a, it's been described to me as a handshake agreement with Prime Minister Scott Morrison that the two of them would do, quote-unquote, whatever is required to support residents devastated by floods in the Northern Rivers. Now, the details of that new package were finalised. They were ticked off by the Perrottet government and passed through an out-of-session Um, expenditure review committee after bureaucrats and ministers had spent an entire weekend and late nights and early mornings working on this. And so they had been moving heaven and earth, essentially, to try and get this stuff passed. And then they were met with silence um, by the federal government. Morrison's office went completely silent. And I was talking to very, very senior 
New South Wales government source. And when that source on the phone to me decided to check with another person they were in the room with, and they said, do we know what the holdup is on this, by the way? And the other person in the room, and I could hear this conversation, said, he's campaigning in Perth. And my original source was like, that can't, that can't actually be the reason, can it? Is it? And we got some more clarification, is that the New South Wales government had been told through these official channels that the Prime Minister was not engaging on it because he was unavailable. And we know, obviously, through the public press reports that Scott Morrison was in Perth and he was campaigning. And that was a shock to my original source. Whatever you think about Scott Morrison's agenda or ideologies or commitment, you would have thought that in an election that's coming up very soon, where you've been accused of a slow, lacklustre flood response, that you would pull out all stops to get a win, and this was an easy win, and they didn't take it. And now, having watched this unfold with the flooding, I'm kind of of the opinion that they are incapable of learning. And, and I think that comes down to a certain type of political arrogance that is not something you can fix overnight. Rick, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Ruby. Sydney Dance Company explodes on stage with Memento. This world premiere by acclaimed choreographer Raphael Bonicella is unmissable contemporary dance. Strictly limited season from the 28th of May to the 8th of June. Book now at sydneydancecompany.com. Also in the news today, US President Joe Biden says that Russia is considering the use of chemical weapons in Ukraine. While not citing evidence, Biden said that Russia's false accusations that Ukraine has biological and chemical weapons is a, quote, clear sign that he's considering using both of those. The news comes as Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky again called for direct talks with Vladimir Putin. On Tuesday, Zelensky said that without this meeting, it's impossible to fully understand what they're ready for in order to stop the war. And New South Wales State MP Gareth Ward has been charged by police over historical allegations of sexual abuse of a man and a teenage boy. He's been charged with three counts of assault with acts of indecency and one count each of common assault and sexual intercourse without consent. Following these revelations, the New South Wales Premier, Dominic Perrottet, said the government would move a motion to remove Mr Ward from Parliament if he did not resign. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow. 